0: 060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au off .au. the back
1: straight, Leap to Fame in front. He starts to tighten the noose. He's five metres to catch away. Third quarter and 27. Three back the inside is Max Delight. Four back the peg. Spirit of St. Louis. But it's Leap to Fame. He's in full flight coming around the home turn. He edges clear from catch away. Don't start dreaming Is starting to run on strongly. Leap to Fame's got a healthy lead. The Kiwi runs on well. Don't stop dreaming. But it's Leap to Fame clear. The Queensland star. He takes another great leap towards the great stage and he takes the Hunter Cup in style. It's all black and white. He is a special horse. Wins two metres. Don't
2: Certainly stop. He is but and we're lucky to have him in Queensland. That was the third week in a row, it should be pointed out as well. He's just a nine horse and once he found the top, Chris Barsby, once Catchaway took the sit, that was the end of the penny section, really, wasn't it? With Leap to Fame. Good morning to you.
3: Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, no real shock there. Uh, once he was able to find the front, It was always going to be his race to lose. The longer, the better for leap to fame. And that race was right in his wheelhouse there. 2,760 metres. I'll say this, and this is just my opinion. I don't think he was at his absolute best. And I think he still needs to be better as he builds towards the Miracle Mile. I don't think that's a a fait accompli right now, the Miracle Mile. So he's going to back up this Saturday night for the fourth week in a row. Oh, is he really? Yeah, he's going to tackle the Cranbourne Cup. And then he'll have the following week off, and then he's at Newcastle for the Newcastle Mile. Hopefully wins that, and then there's a fortnight at the Miracle Mile. He he was good, but I, I think he's been better. When you compare that race to the Inter-Dominion, there's a big difference. Some were trying to make that case that if Don't Stop Dreaming doesn't get rough or we'll Gallop at the top of the straight, he probably gets him. I don't buy into that. Uh, Plugs were still in. He went 154 there for 2760, just outside of the race record, which is held by Tiger Tara. So, um, you know, he, he's just one of those horses. He does what he needs to do. Um, look, Don't Stop Dreaming went terrific, no question about it. He'll go uh, to Sydney this week for the uh, Hondo Grattan, the Chariots of Fire qualifier. And if he wins that, he's guaranteed a start now in the Chariots of Fire. So that'll be interesting. But, yeah, Leap to Fame will back up this week. uh, Just on catch a wave, he choked off. So at the bell there, he just got really fierce. And uh, you can see him veer out sharply. But he basically just choked down there and, uh, you know, backs against the wall now trying to get him up and going again for a a title defence of the Miracle Mile. But um, he's clearly the horse to beat Leap to Fame. But I still think he needs to be... A little bit better if he's t- to come out and win that miracle mile.
2: Mm. How far is the Grammer Cup?
3: Oh, I think it's about 2,500, mm.
2: 2,600. It's interesting, isn't it? He must just be a massive doer. Like for Grant to yeah. do this, he must just clean up and just, you know, he just must, you know, think he needs it before the miracle mile just to get him really rock hard fit. Um, yeah, well, I, I think, whether he really beefed up during the, that little break he had, Chris, I'm not sure after the Inner Dominion, but four weeks in a row.
3: Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tall order. And, uh, I'm not sure if they were completely locked in with Cranbourne until after he won the the Hunter Cup there on the weekend. But he's obviously gone home, licked the bowl clean, and uh, he's come through it, no problems whatsoever. But I was a little surprised that uh, they're going to the Cranbourne Cup, given, you know, what they've got coming up. But, you know, it's $100,000 this race on the weekend, and um, it it won't be as strong as what he raced and beat last week. So, you know, why not? If he's... You know, full of beans and and, and healthy, taking no harm from the recent racing, keep going. So, But I was probably a little shocked that they decided to tackle the Cranbourne Cup.
2: And you think New Zealand's still in the mix April 14?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I think there'll be a a bit of a queue up there trying to secure him, uh, whichever slot he runs for. I think Kevin Seymour said at the presentation there on the weekend show me how to promote harness racing in this horse, and then we can start talking, which is a pretty fair uh, fair call to make. So um, I think, you know, New Zealand is definitely still on. But again, that's going to be a serious challenge, you know, getting him over there, uh, tackling, you know, New Zealand's best. What do they have at the moment, given that Akuta's off the scene as well?
2: Yeah, well, don't stop dreaming being the same race.
3: Uh, I, I don't know. I think there'll be a few... Um, you know, trying to secure him. And it'll be the same with Merlin as well. But they're only four-year-olds and they've got a lot on offer. So it'll be interesting to see which way connections go with uh, Don't Stop Dreaming and Merlin because they've got to go through that Sydney campaign. And if one of those horses wins the Chariots of Fire, they're guaranteed to start in the miracle mile. So how many times do they want to go to the well as a four-year-old, but how many chances do you get to race for a million dollars? So that's the, the alternative there. It'll be interesting to see what the make-up of that field is in Cambridge. But um, oh, you, you would expect him to be there for sure, leap to fame.
2: Yeah. Look, I'm keen to uh, find out the story behind this trotter that uh, a lot of us hadn't heard of him or much of him. And there he was on Saturday night uh, going past or beating the horse that's the, probably the most talked-about square gaiter in the land at the moment
1: just believe levels up to he's all muscle call me the breeze is three wide then Kiang chucky turning for home just believe he loomed up now with call me the breeze it's just believe putting his head in front of call me the breeze he's all muscle it's just believe call me the breeze this is the race we wanted just believe call me the breeze call me the breeze call me the of Just Believe in a great race. What
2: a great race. Yeah, Call Me The Breeze. Of course, they both won earlier in the night, Chris, as expected, with a leg in the air. And they clashed again later in the night, race eight, and Call Me The Breeze. $4, $1.40 Just Believe roll there. I'm fascinated to know this horse's story, yeah, and uh, well, you're going to cover it this morning.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It was only a neck the margin there on Saturday night. Uh, mile rate right there, one fifty three one, which equaled the track record, which is owned by Tornado Valley. So Call Me the Breeze, Tornado Valley, now co-own that record there uh, at Melton. Anton Galino is the trainer for Yabby Dam's Farm, and Anton joins us now. Anton, congratulations.
4: Yeah, thanks, Chris, mate. I appreciate it.
3: Where, where does that rank for you? You've won this race previously, but... You've got a horse from the other side of the world. You've just down the, the most talked about trotter in the land. So where does that one sit for you?
4: Oh, it was obviously. Yeah, it was pretty special, mate. You know, there was um, there was a lot of pressure on you. Know, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, you know, it's a, yeah. It was a massive, massive relief. You know, probably still really hasn't sunk in yet. But um, it's right up there with the best ones. All right, let's go
3: right back to the start here with Call Me the Breeze. He's a French Trotter. He's banked more than a million dollars. He's got a very good record. So, when did Pat Driscoll, the uh, the the boss there at Yabby Dam Farm, start talking to you about this horse and buying him and then bringing him down
4: under? Well, we we um we've followed the horse for a very long time. We have a, a couple of um, broodmares and broodmares, and that out of his family. Um, and you know, I race a. a mayor at the moment called Cormier who's out of a sister to him and um, so we know the family really well and um, yeah, have followed him for a very long time and, and um, he's, he's actually an Italian um, Italian bred horse um, so you know, we, we sort of knew that you know, as a juvenile he wasn't really eligible to any of the, um, the French, the major races so he done basically all his racing in Italy as a juvenile Um, yeah, you know, basically 12 months ago, Chris, he was, he was a, there was a bit of a boom on him, you know, like they, they thought he was, um, they're going to be one of the better horses in Europe. And, and obviously he showed that he was a top horse with his, with his, uh, record. But, um, then yeah, he, he sort of, I think he just probably went off a little bit and, um, and then, the opportunity to become available for Pat to buy him, and yeah, he basically jumped at it.
3: Okay. Now I need you to set the record straight here. Am I right in saying when you first got your hands on Call Me the Breeze and you started working him up, did you actually say to Pat, "I think we've been had here"?
4: Yeah, I did there one stage. You know, um, uh, it was probably only about six or seven weeks ago. Like he was, he was training down real good. He gave you great feel, and and um and you know I was I was pretty sceptical, to be honest. You know, I thought, why would a guy um, like Philip Allaire want to sell a horse like this, you know? Um, yeah, he... Yeah, I was probably... Um, it was a situation where I... Yeah, I sort of thought, I, I, I'm going to struggle taking a horse off him, obviously, but, um, you know, I I was just, yeah, sceptical that why, why would they sell the horse? Um... And then yeah, I worked in here there one time. I was just working in by himself, I wasn't doing much and I just gave him a little click up with the rain and, and he basically just sort of half flagged his tail and tried to pull up on me and and I thought, Oh well he he's not trying, you know he he's not doesn't really wanna be a racehorse anymore and um I sort of thought, well, I've got to try something so I ended up, yeah, calling Nathan and, and organised for him. He organized me to get a galloping pacemaker. Um, cause I didn't really have anything here at the time to sort of work with him for where he was at. And, um, yeah, we, we got hands on the on galloping pacemaker and just worked one in front of him and, and he was a different horse. Um, yeah, totally, totally different horse. But yeah, no, I did come in off the track there that day and Pat was here and I said, I think we got, got here. I think I said, I just give him a little click up and he, he said, not today, you know, and, um, yeah, so I was, I was, have the doubts there for a moment, that's for sure. What
3: what was Pat's reaction when you said that?
4: Oh, his face went well, he went pale. <laughs> he went pale, <laughs> you know, he's, and and um yeah, like it was it was it was the honest truth. I wasn't trying to pull his leg or anything, you know, I just, just said Jesus Christ, like um but yeah, he was just yeah, he's a six year old bully. He was just sort of having a lend of me, I think. Um um but you know sort of I sort of thought, well, that, that's probably why they've sold him. He's probably not not putting in, you know. But um, I think he he proved us all wrong there the other night.
3: Okay, so you took him to Ballarat for that uh, first up assignment. That was the night, Pistol. You would have left the track that night pretty confident that you've got a serious horse here.
4: Yeah, I, well, I sort of knew I knew earlier. Like I knew, like I said, once we got a galloping pacemaker and started working in with something, and and um, you know, we don't work in sort of overly. Really, Hard here, we don't go and try and break any sort of records or anything, but he just gave you a, a great feel. And, and like I said, a couple of times he'd pull off the horse's back and um, he, he'd put them away pretty quickly, you know. And I thought, well, this, this is a proper, proper horse, obviously. And, um, you know, we trialed him uh, at Melton, uh, and, and he ran really, really, really quick sectionals, you know, he ran a half 55 and. Home in twenty-seven-one or something, and, and just done that on the bit, and um, he gave Nathan a great feel straight away. Um, Nathan come off the track and said, "Oh, mate, this is, this is a machine, you know." And um, but you know, we we went to Ballarat, and um, you know, we're sort of learning as we go. Uh, he's a funny horse, you know. Here at home, he'll sort of run out up the straights and a little bit in on the bands and then but you take him to the races, and he just sort of want to got in and. He took his head check off at Ballarat and, um, yeah, he just got in. He didn't handle it the last turn, but I was very happy with the way he raced. Um, uh, had he got around that last turn, he finishes sort of closer. I don't think he beats Just a League, but he finishes closer to him. And, um, yeah, so we, we had a pretty good idea that we had a good horse there.
3: All right. So then you take him to Melton on the weekend. You, you've got the two races in the one night. You win the, the qualifying race in 53-4, and he looked awesome winning the heat. So, Confidence-wise, what were you
4: feeling after he won that
3: uh, first race?
4: Um, it was a little bit of a surprise, to be honest. You know, like I knew, I knew, you know, we had a, a very good horse in our hands, but um, he just done it so so easily. Um, I, I don't even think Nathan sort of um realised how quick quick he went. You know, he said the nigga, "goes, geez, we got over twenty six six nine He felt like we we're going twenty eight nine. Um. He said, uh, and he just done it very easily, and um, I couldn't have been happier with his recovery. His recovery was awesome. He um, um, he recovered really quickly. He um, cooled out. You know, I gave him a couple of washes, um, and yeah, by the time I sort of gave him a second wash, uh, he he basically yeah cooled right out, stopped blowing. He he didn't have an ounce of sweat on him, even though it was quite hot, and he was bright as a button. So. Oh yeah, I, I knew that the horse was okay. Um, then it just sort of came down to the barrier draws, I guess. And and um, yeah, obviously, uh, Just Believe was awesome in his heat. He he was sensational to sit parked and and win. And then um, yeah, so I sort of thought, you know, we're, we're okay where we're at with the horse, but um, the barrier draw was going to be the the uh, telling question, I guess. And and obviously, that didn't work out too too well either. Who, who chose gate ten? Nathan. Yeah, yeah, it was Nathan's call. He, um, I didn't even go up to the barrier drawer, to be honest, Chris. I, 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 I... I uh, will just put it on the seat. Unless you'll put it in the rubbish when we
3: get back. I... we got cross line there? Yeah, not quite sure
2: if the Bluetooth has kicked in there or something, but, um,
3: Are you still with us, Anton? <laughs>
2: right. Might have a cross line there, Chris, so we yeah. might just uh, abort that and... Um...
3: I wouldn't mind getting him back online mm. if we can. It is an interesting story, all yeah, right. Yeah, there's still a few more questions I want to pose to Anton. Uh, Anton's been around in harness racing, Steve, for a long time. Uh, born in Sydney, but he's spent a lot of time overseas, and uh, in particular both North America, uh, honing his craft there, uh, did a lot of work as a farrier, uh, he's got a real passion for the Square has spent a lot of time in Europe as well, both in Sweden and in France. So he's 42 years of age. He's trained almost 30 Group 1 winners and uh, he, he does a phenomenal job. And I want to ask him about a bit more just on his background, but I want to find out a bit more about Call Me The Breeze and what they're looking at, because he's another one that could be going to New Zealand as well for that trot slot race there. Yeah, it's so, a
2: half a million. It's not yeah. the same night.
3: So there's some there's some really good targets. There's another feature at uh, Melton at the end of this month. There's the Hammerhead Mile, which is part of the Miracle Mile Carnival in Sydney on the big track up there, and then obviously Cambridge. So I'll uh, I'll You can ask questions. him now. He's back yeah. with us. Anton, I was, I was just talking, like, gate 10, so you you left it to Nathan and he said this is the right draw
4: yeah yeah basically that's right yeah he um I left it to him and and yeah like I said he ca- he came down he tried to sort of justify it to me why he picked 10 and I just said mate that's your call you're if you're happy with that I'm happy and and um you know we're happy with the horse and yeah and as I said Chris he, he's just so smart that guy you know he's he's so tactically smart um he can read a race so well and Basically, what he said to me, besides, you know, Mufasa Metro making a little bubble out, which no one expected, um, basically what he said to me before the race is what happened. Um, he said, we'll be able to kick through, and I reckon we can get up inside, just believe. And um, and I said, if, if that's what you think, then, then yeah, I'm happy. So And, yeah, obviously he got it right. So when were you
3: confident that, you know, he, he was going to get this job done? Like, just believe is a hard horse to get past, so when did you feel confident that uh, you know your bloke was going to get the upper hand
4: never <laughs> I, I i never that, like i just knew how how good he is just believe in how tough he is and how honest he is you know he's he's just such a great racehorse and and you know you you, you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't think that you know too many could get past him you know he's just so honest and try so hard and yeah, basically, it wasn't until right on the line that I actually realised, oh, shit, we got there, you know. Um, um, at the turn, I thought we might have been in a little bit of trouble, sort of halfway around the turn. Um, but, you know, to his credit, he he, he just kept coming and, and, and he tried his, tried his heart out.
3: Extra satisfaction for Pat here because not only does he race this horse, call me the breeze, he bred Just Believe. He bred Kiang Chucky. He sponsors the Great Southern Start. It probably doesn't get any better for Pat there on Saturday night. No,
4: nah, without a doubt, it was very satisfying. I think for him and the whole team. You know, like, um, yeah, you know, we're just we're real proud of the whole team. Like it's such a big team effort. We're proud of the farm. Um, you know, like we've we've been trying so hard to promote the trotter and the gate and. And doing it all over the country too, you know. Like he he works tirelessly at trying to promote the gate and trotter and the horses and and our breed and and um. So the, for him to have a night like that, yeah, I think he he was chuffed.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. What next for Call Me the Breeze? There's some good targets coming up. So what have you got penciled in?
4: Yeah, the the obvious ones, Chris. You know, he's got the the um, Grand Prix down here in in a couple of weeks. Um, then he's got the hammerhead mile up there in uh Sydney, so I think it's two weeks after that. And then then um, you know, our next sort of target will be Cambridge, the the slot race. Um Pat's got a slot. Um at this stage, you know, would would definitely say it's him going, um um but obviously things can change. Um but yeah, yeah, that's his that's his next sort of three three assignments I guess and um whether we go in anything between Sydney and uh uh, the race in uh, New Zealand. I'm not too sure, you know. Like, uh, uh, we'll just yeah, just see how he is and how he comes through each run. But yeah, ne- next start at the Grand Prix, then Sydney, then New Zealand.
3: All right. Well, that's Call Me the Breeze. I just wanted to focus on you for a little bit this morning as well. I've known you for a long time. I remember one of my first trips to America. You took me everywhere. Introduced me to a lot of people up there. You just love the trotter. You, you've worked hard at your craft. You do a lot of farrier work. Probably. I'm assuming not as much now as what you were back then.
4: <laughs> <Definitely> but <not. laughs>
3: you've been to North America, you've been to Europe, and you've worked with some of the absolute greats of the game. And here you are leading up this operation for Pat Driscoll with Yabby Dam Farms. Is is it as good as it gets right now?
4: Oh, you know, it, it's tough, Chris. You know, like we, like anything, like anyone. Yeah, you know, we have good days and bad days. Um, but nights like the other night, they they really really. You know, stand out and, and, and make it all worthwhile. You know, um, um, you know, I I think there's always that uh, belief that oh, you know, it's, it's easy. You know, we've got access to good stock, access to good facilities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it, but it's never easy, mate. You know, um, um, yeah, as you know, the horses they're flesh and blood. They 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 can be by, you know, so and so out of so and so and 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 not be not much good, you know, so you know we we have a lot of that too, you know, You're just like everyone else, we have a lot of slow horses and and et cetera so yeah, but but, like I said, the other night was was really, really satisfying for everyone, you know um um the lead up into it was was pretty intense, you know, like I said, I think we we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, um not just myself, I think all trainers going into them big races you do, you know, um you try and tick every box and. And you know you want to make sure the horse is is right. You know I would have come back, you know every single night last week, just to check on him and and you know make sure he's eaten and make sure this and that and it's all them little things. And um you know so yeah, it, it was it was very very satisfying and it it you know makes makes it all worthwhile.
3: Some of the trainers that you've worked uh, with and you've seen close at hand uh, doing their their business. Uh, Noel Daly um, in Sweden, Timo Nermos, uh Jean-Pierre Dubois. He is Mr. French trotting. There's no question about that. A- and I know yeah. Chuck Sylvester is a guy that you just, you know, absolutely idolise. So,
0: you know, yeah, you've worked with yeah. some
3: of the best. Oh. You got me there. Yeah, lost you there. Yeah. You so know. I was just saying, you've worked with some of the best.
4: You still with us? Yeah, I lost you again
3: there, sorry. No. So I'm going to ask you a a hypothetical question. So I was just talking about some of the guys you've worked with. Noel, Timo, Jean-Pierre Dubois, and and Chuck Sylvester's a guy that you idolise. If you could have one horse and it could be trained by one of those four guys, and you have to pick one, who's Anton Galino giving his horse to? Uh,
4: In his prime, I'd say Chuck.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just, you don't get lucky to win four Hamiltonians. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think in his prime he was, was, yeah, one, one you know, one of the greatest of all time. Um, but yeah, they're all so different. They're all so successful and they're also um, the best at what they do. But yeah, completely, completely, honestly, completely different training at each one of them. Um... So, yeah like oh, that's a that's a hard tough question but yeah in his in his prime, i think, yeah, like i said you don't get lucky to win four hamiltonians and and um you know an elite lop and and everything else that he's won, you know um you know if it was to breed a horse, I'd say mr Dubois uh, without a doubt um as far as all round. Horseman, he he's by far, you know, to me he's the, he's the greatest horseman in the world. You know, he's, he's been successful at every every discipline and every level. You know, um, did he breed Varen, Anton? Yeah, he bred yeah. Varenne Yeah, he bred Varen and you know, he bred the great galloping mare Staslita and raced her, and um, you know, oh, I think he actually bred Scat Daddy, um, yeah, the sire of Justify and, and No Name no, Ever, etc. Like he, he bred him and. He's just been insanely successful with horses. What doesn't matter if it's trotters, gallopers, dressage horses, jumping horses, he's been involved in it and and been at the top end. So, yeah, for me, all-round horseman, he's by far the greatest um, I've ever seen, probably will ever see. Um, But just for sheer training, I think Chuck was, was, yeah, a genius.
3: Okay, one final one before I let you go. What's the best trotter you've seen with your own eyes?
4: Oh, muscle heel... I I still think to this day, um, he's he's the best. He was just an unbelievable horse, and and you know just because at the time I was working for Noel and Noel had explosive matter, so I was lucky enough to drive him a couple of times, and I knew how good he was, and and um, yeah, basically he made us look like a claimer there. Mm. Um, It was just scary how how good he was. Um, He had such an efficient gait; he wasted no energy. Um, he yeah, was nearly flawless, really. You know, so yeah, it'd be between him and you know a close second with Ready Cash and, and Old Eagle. Um, between them three, there wouldn't be much between them three. But um, yeah, I'd say Muscle Hill still to this day. Okay,
3: it's a good group though. That, that trio you just mentioned,
4: you'd be happy no, with either one of them. <laughs> pretty lucky. I've been pretty lucky, Chris. You know, I've, I've yeah travelled a lot and got to see a lot of great horses and. Um, yeah, but, no, he was he was something special, that one.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Anton, again, congratulations. A uh, huge moment there for you. The, the the entire team there with Yabby Dam Farms on Saturday night with Call Me the Breeze claiming the great southern square. Onwards and upwards. Hopefully there's a few more group ones still to come with this guy.
4: Thanks, mate. I appreciate it.
3: There's Anton Galino, a wonderful horseman, no doubt about it, and he's got a, a nice one there with this... Uh, This trotter from Europe. So, we thought he was French, but he's uh, actually Italian-bred. So, uh, there's going to be a lot more to see of this guy Mm. in the coming weeks. He actually won in Rome. Yeah. So, Mm. he's had 41 starts, 14 wins, 14 minors, one-point set. Never won a race last year. So, I wonder if, you know, his mind was just starting to head elsewhere because he is a stallion, like uh, Anton said. And when he first arrived down under, he was probably, you know, looking elsewhere as well. So... But they've got him sorted out. Uh, he's only a six-year-old, so there's still plenty, um, you know, of miles left in the legs. So it's going to be very interesting. So here we were thinking Just Believe had an ironclad sort of grip on the on the trotting ranks and call me the gri- uh, breeze is in the uh, equation now. So uh, the Grand Prix coming up, the Hammerhead Mile and then Cambridge. So a lot to look yeah, forward to. Yeah,
2: point out, though, of course, Chris, he did do it the tougher way, didn't he? Just Believe outside lead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was brave. I don't know. What did you think of the concept with the heats early in the night and then the final?
3: I'd like it, but it's one of those things you, you can't have your cake and eat it too because I think turnover would have suffered yeah. when you're doing that sort of it's format. It's just
2: in a punter's mind, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. You're just thinking, oh, well, you know, these horses are going to have gut busters earlier in the night, you know, that yeah. sort of stuff.
3: So I, um, I think it's a great concept that the heat and final on the same night but I think turnover suffers as a result. Yeah, so it's, or not it's a have difficult. gut busters, more to yeah. the point. Yeah, yeah As what, what I was trying one. to say. Trent Dawson is with us. Well, I want to talk to Trent because uh, it's go, go, go as far as his stable is concerned. Trent, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? Really well. Uh, for real life, first and foremost, I want to talk about this guy. Let's go back to last Friday. You trialled him uh, at Albion Park. He looked absolutely amazing. 52-3, home in 26-3, and he looked really strong. Was that the type of workout that you were hoping for?
0: Yeah,
5: absolutely, Chris. He um, he needed a bit of a blowout, and um, we probably after that run, he sort of he had sucked in a few good ones. But he, he finished it through to the line. It's probably as strong as he ever has. So we were really pleased with that. And um, we were we were close to to wanting to go to Sydney uh, this week, uh, but we just thought we we'd made plans, and we, it was our idea to just to give him the lead up run here and um, make sure he was rock hard before we go take on those. Uh, those sort of superstars super down in Sydney. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll stick to plan A and uh, hopefully it treats us well. All right. Just going back to that trial from Friday, what was the most
3: pleasing part about the trial? The way he did it, the way he ran through the line, or his recovery? Or, or, or was it a combination of all of the above?
5: Yeah, probably his, uh, probably, even, even at the 600, he, he was sort of dilly-dallying around a little bit and, um, I didn't know quite where we were for a, for a little bit, and and then the way the way you finished that last 300 meters, button and and really on the line, um, yeah, I probably haven't had him. As, you know, he's he, he sort of got a little bit of killer in him the way he attacked that line, so that was uh, that was pleasing. And and while he had a few big big blows, he, he certainly turned around pretty quickly and um, recovered well. So uh, he's he's obviously a bit bigger this time in because he's a stallion now, and um, he's always sort of been a bit of a light doer, but. He's starting to um, starting to put on a bit more condition and carry a bit more weight, which is which is really good. We really wanted him to do that, so um, yeah, I, I think that that run will sort of bring him along really nicely, and hopefully one more Saturday night will be um, just perfect.
3: All right, he's a proper athlete, isn't he? he? He he is such an imposing type, and there's if you walk past him, you couldn't ignore him.
5: No, no, no. He 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 sort of I I don't know I I feel that way, but I'm always biased, but. Uh, no, he, he is quite quite easy on the eye when you look at him. And, um, yeah, I, I think he's probably even looking a bit better now. Like I say, he's carrying a little bit more weight. And, um, yeah, hopefully it sticks on him a bit.
3: Okay. A couple of other things that I wanted to ask you about with For Real Life. Uh, Frankie Ferocious, uh, he's a bit of a, a foe of yours. Um, you, you saw him on Saturday night winning that Bonanza. He stamps his ticket at the Chariots of Fire, the race that you're going to chase. What was your thoughts on, on Frankie Ferocious?
5: yeah well i i think we i think we've taken a few points on Frankie ferocious in the last couple of years but um it looks like he might have uh might have found a new groove to sort of go with i think frankie ferocious so um yeah he's certainly going um looks like he's going up a notch now so um we always knew his sort of his speed how how big of an asset that was you know and you know, i think even times last year i there was a couple you know one time there i got home in twenty five and seven or eight or something and, and I actually thought Frankie has pulled a little bit of ground off us up the straight, but um, he's obviously obviously a really good horse, and um, yeah, hopefully um, hopefully he hasn't improved just too far yet.
3: All right, so you're back in action Saturday night with For Real Life. He lines up in a race three, drawn gate five. You've had time to analyse that field. Uh, what, what what are your thoughts?
5: Yeah, well, I mean it's it's a it's a quality sort of Saturday night qualifier race, so um, you know they all go they all go reasonably good in it. Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're there for, you know, we, we want to win the race obviously, but we, we also need to hit out this week. So, um, you know I, know, I know we sort of, we went around last week, but well, we need to, um, we need to be ready in a few weeks time to sort of go down there and at least be prepared to go 48 when we go to an angle. So, um, yeah, we we probably got to step it up a little bit this week and, and, uh, I think he's ready to do it, but it's just, just, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully win the race and, um, Get a bit of fitness. All right. You mentioned that you
3: toyed with the idea of going to Sydney this weekend for the first qualifier, the Hondo Grattan. Um, Just looking at that field, is it stronger than what you were anticipating?
5: Yeah, it actually was. Um, It it seemed like... I don't know. I I thought for a second maybe that um, some of them might have missed it, but uh, it it didn't seem like anyone else got that memo and everyone turned up at it. So, um, yeah, hopefully... um, Hopefully in a couple of weeks time, just to, or i don 't think the, the top four qualifiers are aren't eligible for the next for the next race, so um yeah i mean i don 't I don't want to dodge them, but uh, i mean as long as, as long as you don't have to keep racing and uh, don't stop dreaming and uh, Frankie ferocious i guess is, the, the more you can prolong it the better all right, so you
3: go to the paleface zadioz on february twenty four so <laughs> it looks a given that you 're going to clash with Merlin on that night
5: yeah i I'd say so. Um, you know, they're, like I say, we, we we can't dodge all of them. We can only dodge some of them at this point. But if we can, um, you know, if we can get through that night, and we get we get in good after this weekend, and I get a bit of fitness, I think. Um, I, I don't I don't think that there's anyone that I think is that far ahead of us. Um, but we haven't really had a good chance to measure ourselves up last year. Sort of things went wrong. So um, at, at crucial times in, in regards to the derbies and whatnot. So. Um yeah this, this sort of race in the next month you know is going to going sort of show us a little bit where we're at and hopefully um yeah ho- hopefully we're we're well above where we think we might be.
3: All right so if you were to single one out and one only as your biggest threat for winning the chariots of fire who would you
5: nominate? Oh, well don't stop dreaming um he he was, he was phenomenal and he put a little bit of a a step in at the top of the straight on um Saturday night against leap to fame and I don't think he would have beat the Leap to Fame but he it was gonna make it awfully close. It was sort of probably close enough as it was. So um I'm pretty sure Leap to Fame would be a dollar oh five against all these uh four year olds going around now. So I think um yeah, he, he warrants the, the most respect and um yeah, and the perd factor doesn't really hurt hurt him that much either. So <laughs>
3: It's a fair point. It's a fair point. Well, that's for real life. So we look forward to seeing him on Saturday night. You're also stepping out future assured on Saturday night. So this will be his first start since the Inter-Dominion Grand Final, chasing home leap to fame. He was set to trial on Friday, but he was scratched. But you go to the post this Saturday night.
5: Yeah, I mean, we, we sort of was trying to cover our bases a little bit with the wet weather that was around. Um, he's always good, fresh, and first up. So in the back of my mind, I, I kind of didn't want to waste that one on a trial. Um so, so we're, we, he's pretty, pretty good to go. So I, I think, um, yeah, he'll, he'll be there for a, for a sharp hit out on Saturday night. And um, yeah, it's a, only a small field, but they're they're a quality lineup. So it'd be nice to, um, be nice to be able to get away with it. But I think they'll make us work a bit too.
3: It's a perfect race for him. A mile, he's fresh, and it's a small field. So, it just looks tailor made for him.
5: Well, I, I don't like to get too far ahead of myself, but Chris. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but it it would uh, it would seem like it would be uh, a nice little setup for him. All right. And and he'll go to Sydney as well? Yeah, well providing they all go um go well this week. Um uh, the plan is then to sort of seven or eight times uh seven or eight days after this uh, Saturday night we'll we'll head off and um we're sort of at this point time we've got a three year old that's um fact finder. He's sort of stepping up a couple his last couple of runs, so um he may as well make the trip and um See if we can uh, see if we can qualify for one for the derby as well, and um, he's just sort of we'll give him his little little shot while the others are going too. All right, well he's
3: a fast little horse, this guy. Uh, he stepped up to the the middle distance trip last week, uh, won won very easily. He can run a sectional.
5: Yeah, he's very very fast. Really, really point point to point speed is really off the charts. Um, uh, so like he's he's really well bred, and he, he's he probably. Um, yeah, he deserves his shot. I mean, we'll, we'll give him a little chance, and he, he doesn't have too many other targets until the win a carnival. So, um, we'll just take him and see, see if he um, steps up a little bit down there.
3: All right. Well, there's a lot to look forward to. Busy times, but it's exciting.
5: Yeah, it certainly is, Chris. It's uh, it's a bit of a headache at times trying to logistically work out, trying to trying to get down there and and travel and, and try and look after have the kids here at school. One of them starting school now too, so that all uh, all throws into the mix, but. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's all part of the fun. Um, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Five years ago, I would have loved to have been in this spot. So it's, it's great to be here.
3: Yep. Too right. I hey, appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you trackside later today. Thanks, Chris. There's Trent Dawson joining us. So for real life steps out this Saturday night. Future assured also goes around in that open race. So a lot to look forward to. Brendan Barnes is driving today at Albion Park. Be with us in a tick, Chris. Okay he's got a number of key drives coda De goes around in the first he's got it's all and over in race three rolled in gold race five our indifference who looks really good there in race number seven and firestorm red who's first up in that last race so interesting uh, book of drives there for Brendan he joins us now Brendan good morning good morning Chris there's some power there today
0: yeah there's uh, on some nice stock for the day, all sort of drawn a little bit awkwardly, but um, hopefully we can get some luck for the day.
3: All right, let's go through them. Coda De Moda, uh, shaping really well this mare. She jogged in last week. Can she go back to back?
0: Yeah, I've got a bit of time for her. She, um, she She's on the improve and uh, she's just got really good speed. So I think that'll take her a long way. And, um, yeah, I think she'll be pretty hard to beat today. All things going well. Good manners as well. Made a brilliant beginning yep. last week. Yeah, absolutely.
3: So hopefully she can step good and get herself handy again. All right. What about It's All and over in race three? Is he becoming a little bit of a fave of yours because he is in great form?
0: Yeah, he is. He's a versatile trotter. You know, he um, when he first came up, he did a lot wrong, but when he puts it all together, he, um, he's quite a smart animal.
3: So how does this race sort of match
0: up compared to what he beat last week? It's probably a little bit harder, but in saying that, we've been looking forward to getting into the 2600s, so... Um, you know, hopefully he sort of improves over the longer trip and, and I'm sure he's good enough to be there about.
3: All right. He's off 10 metres. You've got two horses in front of you. If he gets away like he did last week, he's going to be uh, up on the uh, the speed pretty quick.
0: Yeah, that's right. We'll sort of look to, to get him up there somewhere in the first half of the field. I think he's... Um... He seems to be a pretty good stayer and strength, his main asset. So, yeah, if we can get up on the speed somewhere and, and do everything right, hopefully he's in the finish. OK,
3: another one for Graham Dwyer. Race five rolled in gold. Last start runner-up. Can she go one
0: better today? She's going OK. She just probably needs to try a little bit harder to be winning, I think. Um, you know, the draw's good. She's going to be handy. She's always sort of thereabouts, but, yeah, we probably just need her to dig, dig a little bit deeper and, uh, and hopefully want to win. OK. Is it a perfect draw, gate two, for her? It is. You know, she's not blessed with a lot of gate speed, so she'll, she'll get away OK and, and hopefully be handy, and um, we'll just sort of have to, yeah, sort of see how they're coming out around us, and it'd be great if we could sort of settle down the top sort of four or five.
3: Are you more worried about Take A Chance or Blue Bloods?
0: Oh, Blue Bloods has got the draw. Take the chances of a sort of nice horse on the up. He, um, he'll be going forward and, and put into the action, you'd think. So hopefully um, they sort of chop one, uh, chop one another up early and then we're sort of doing no work. All right. Race seven. This is a fascinating race
3: because the key runners are your guy, our indifference and defence attorney. They're very lightly raised, but they've got heaps of potential. And they're up against a couple of horses that have got good records. So they're rising in grey. But how do you rate our indifference?
0: got a lot of time for him he, um you know we've just been tinkering a little bit of gear every time he goes around he's he's not the safest horse he sort of gets a few hops and, and skips about him but he's got a ton of speed and, and he'll end up being a really nice horse
3: okay is this a, a tricky draw
0: to overcome today it's a tricky draw you know the last couple of times he's drawn eight we've um we've sort of just thought he was a good thing and and we've grabbed up and and sort of just taken luck out of the equation i'm, I'm not sure what the the tactics will be today it sort of it looks like it might be a good chance that we can, um, you know, sort of just stay there and hope for a little bit of luck and teach him to race a little bit. But in saying that too, we'll wait and see what the connections, what Gemma and Mick Boots sort of come up with there. They might want to take luck out of the occasion and sort of just get him straight off and have his chance. So he'll, um, if he gets sort of anything going his way, he's definitely got a stack of speed and a stack of ability.
3: All right. Just looking at that front row, they should generate really good
0: pace early here. Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of speed. It's definitely a big step up in grade for him, but, you know, if they run it a little bit upside down, he'll just follow speed all day and, and he's he's got unreal speed himself.
3: All right. I know it's a long way out, but the rising sun, could that be a possible long-range target for him?
0: Oh, look, we're just sort of taking baby steps at the moment. Our, our sort of main priorities are just, just trying to sort out his gait, you know. Um, there's, there's probably... That needs to be ironed out before we think too big, but... Um, you know, with the opinion that we have of him, we, we definitely think he's going to turn into a nice horse, so hopefully he just continues to, you know, keep uh, improving himself and uh, yeah, just sort of improve his gait and go from there. Sure. Last race today, another one for Graham
3: Dwyer, Firestorm Red. He lines up. This is the veteran's pace. His overall record is more than useful. How does he measure up in your eyes here?
0: Yeah, he brings really good uh, Sydney form to the table in this race. Obviously, the that draw over the trip isn't is never ideal. It's never easy. I think um, Sender's going to be extremely hard to beat, but, you know, he brings a good form line into the race. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can get a little bit of luck in transit. He hasn't trialled? Uh, no, he hasn't trialled, no.
3: Okay. All right.
0: So whatever he does today, there's going to be more improvement to come.
3: Yeah, definitely. You'd think
0: so. It's probably not a bad place to draw today. We, we can learn a little bit about him and, and sort of know exactly what we're up against, but... um. Yeah, as we said, he just probably needs a little bit to go his way. We're going to be spot and send it a pretty a pretty good start, you'd think.
3: All right. Well, it's a good book of drive, bit of power there. Which one are you most
0: looking forward to? Um, I think Coda uh, DeMota is probably the best chance of the day, but um, really looking forward to her sitting behind our indifference again. I think he's a he's a very talented horse with a, a good future. All right. We'll go with
3: race one, number six, Coda DeMota. Hopefully she sets the tone for the rest of the day for you.
0: Yeah, hopefully. That'd be lovely.
3: I appreciate the time. We'll see you at Trackside.
0: Thanks, Chris.